wonder if you've ever had a moment uh, where you're talking to your spouse and you're making a really great point, but um, the message is clear. You need to stop talking. I'm not either engaged right now or I'm not buying it. Oh my goodness. Over 39 years now, we have been talking and I know I have shut Dina down. I'm pretty sure my wife has at least once or twice in the past uh, few weeks shut me down or not been there. Um, we tend to get on a roll. We, we do a monologue, not a dialogue. And that's the point of today's episode. Um, I'm John Fuller, joined by my focus colleagues, Aaron and Greg Smalley. And Greg, um, I could ask if you've ever had those moments where a monologue just got shut down. But do you have any friends that have experienced that? <laughs> well, let me give you a monologue right here. <laughs> no, I remember a, a time specifically where um, – it was kind of one of those long weekends. Just my son and I were watching sports the whole weekend. He had some big project for class that was due, one of his subjects. And so Sunday night, you know, he's supposed to be in bed, that kind of thing. Aaron comes down, finds us still watching, you know, this whatever sporting thing we were we were paying attention to and asked Garrison, hey, your homework's done, right? Because it's time for bed. And, you know, no, Mom, I was going to do it later. And, and so all that to say that I made some comment to Aaron, like, hey, there's one minute left in this game. Just let us finish it. You know, he'll do it later. And we then get into an argument. Uh. So now we're in an <laughs> argument. Garrison goes up to do his homework. Now we're in this argument. And this argument for us in the basement of our home probably lasted a good hour hmm. until finally Aaron just went, okay, I'm exhausted. I got to go to bed. And as she's headed up the stairs, I've told this story before, but it's perfect for what we're talking about in terms of a monologue. She said, and by the way, your mother warned me long before we got married that this is how you would act <laughs> in the midst of conflict. <laughs> In in oh, so wow. this was don't, like don't, this oh. was like fifteen years into our yeah. marriage and decided it was the perfect time to reveal that fact. Oh my and, word! And so whatever Aaron said, that's not the point. The point is, is that that's part of how I react within conflict. Is that I'll go on these long monologues, defending myself, explaining myself. Really? I know because because <laughs> if you if you talk enough, she'll get the right. point. Yeah. He wears me down. Yeah, yeah. but the, what I end up doing is exactly what she said. Does it just I win by attrition? I just wear her down, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's just and and I know that, and that's something that I that I do work on. I feel like I've grown some. I still maybe will have times where where the monologue comes back, but it yeah it, it doesn't work real well. Let's say within conflict as we're trying to work through those things. Well, even yeah, and, and I appreciate that we've had those moments. Even just informational exchanges, like there might be a time when I. But just like last night, I was talking to Dina about some things that happened during the day, and I realized I've been going for like five, ten minutes <laughs> here. On so and I just on. I yeah. stopped and I said, "Thank you for listening." Hey, what about you and your day? And over the course of a meal, you know, you want time to eat, right. and you want them to have time to eat. But uh, the dialogue is so much better in terms of fostering intimacy in the relationship. Uh, we're going to turn now to a conversation that Focus President Jim Daly had with Dr. Randy Schrader. He talked about the need for dialogue in our marriages, and this is just part of a long conversation we had with Randy about building better habits in your relationship. You also encourage couples uh, to engage in dialogue, not monologue. I, this is probably a good parenting tip, too. I mean, uh, but the 
kind of the monologue doesn't get you very far. It, it the monologue makes the other spouse feel talked at. They feel uh, almost treated like a child that they're being talked down to. And someone who does a monologue wants to go on and on and on. There needs to be a nice ebb and flow when couples have a respectful disagreement discussion. Uh, It's kind of like a tennis volley. You go out to get exercise, a husband and wife, and they hit the ball nicely back and forth to each other so they can keep it going and run around and and get exercise and uh, help their heart rate. And, And that likewise, that's what needs to happen with a marriage relationship. That dialogue needs to be there where a spouse says three sentences, the other spouse echoes, I heard you say, is that correct? This spouse says another three sentences, I heard you say, is that correct? And then they exchange roles. This spouse becomes the speaker. That spouse becomes the listener with an echo, I heard you say, is that correct? I saw a physician and his wife, and he would go for five minutes. Talk about a monologue. <laughs> it's almost a mini sermon. And, and, and his wife, uh, he said, I need to do that. And I said, well, Doc, I need to do I, that. I, you, That's I, just funny hearing that. Yeah, I said, Doc, I said, you keep doing that. Your wife is moving further and further away from you emotionally. You know, she oh, is feeling yeah. she's feeling attacked and she's feeling talked at. And, and the wife then spoke up and she said, that's it. I don't feel that he's talking with me. He's talking at me. And I encourage the doc to give up his monologues and start going to three sentences or less or four, you know, just be brief. And immediately their marriage improved. They started having real healthy discussions, understanding each other's viewpoint, perspective, and it was just remarkable how quickly their marriage I was going to ask you about that because, you know, again, the discipline of doing this, it's kind of where we started. It was hopefully a little bit humorous, but it is a, it's a discipline that you have to have. And so often when you go to a counselor and you use the I words and you're trying to impart into those couples these principles that work because you got to slow down, you got to think about what you're about to say, you got to try not to be harmful aim for a good outcome. And I, I, practically, Randy, what's so hard, and I get this, you're in the heat of the moment. I mean, it's emotional, and you're mm-hmm. trying to respond, and you feel under attack. And it's like your brain has a hard time going to this place called adult. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Think about what you're doing. H- how do you discipline yourself to back up in the emotional moment and say, honey, okay, let, let's just stop for a minute, and let's recalibrate this discussion? And I, I think that's a, a good good point, Jim. And I, God doesn't use the word discipline, but God uses the word self-control in the fruit of the Spirit. Right. So in a sense, I would say self-control, self-discipline, they're synonymous. Fits and, and, but I think what happens and why simple habits for marital happiness have made a huge difference is so often couples just read in books about concepts and principles. And so you can't slow yourself down because you do not have the ability to slow yourself down without specific words and actions and knowledge. Yeah. Uh, and so having the, these uh, habits allows a spouse to develop self-control. Unbelievable how parents can develop self-control and spouses develop self-control when they have the tools. I love Dr. Randy Schrader. He's so practical. And Aaron, as you counsel couples, Mm -hmm. how do you help them get to see this is always going to be better if we have it two-way, not just one-way communication? 
it's recognizing that any new pattern is going to take time to establish and discipline to establish it. I was recently sitting with a couple and we were just learning really how to heart talk, how to have a speaker and a listener. And, you know, the couple was like, this never goes well when we try to do this outside of here. And it was so fun because by the end of the session, I was able to go, look at you guys, you're working together, doing this so well. So having the praise helps of a therapist, but then going home and practicing it and just recognizing I am the listener, you are the speaker, we're going to switch roles. And it's just going to take time to reinforce it. Okay, so give some more details here. We're having a heart talk. We're going to take turns. I've heard of you know passing a tennis ball back and forth. Is there some guideline as to time and how much and how do I say, you know, I've had enough or I need time to process that. Help us out with that. Yes, <laughs> like I always <laughs> said, pass a tennis ball versus, hey, here's a knife here. You, you hold the knife. Well, hold the don't knife. use knives in this in this habit. You know, actually in my office, I have this stuffed pillow that's a heart. Okay. And when couples are really struggling, like someone gets defensive when one of them is offering something of the heart, emotional, tender, I will have them hold the heart and kind of pass it to the other person holding it, offering it, because it indicates I'm sharing something of the heart. Mm. Granted, as a speaker, it's being very aware of, am I flooding the listener? Am I going on 10 different tangents or am I sticking to the point, to the topic that we we are on? You know, as a listener, am I reflecting back what I'm hearing, specifically the emotion that the the your spouse is sharing and just being very intentional about okay so how are you feeling what i will say is what's very likely to happen and miss trying to do this especially early on is that one or both spouses can get triggered Meaning, so they react yeah. and then you know there's defensiveness or you know anger or withdrawn shut down so it's just being aware of what's happening inside of me and if i'm feeling shut down or i'm intensifying Call a timeout, take a break, step away, then come back and try again. That is excellent. And I hope you'll take advantage of a special limited time offer that we have. We have Aaron's stuffed hearts available for you. <laughs> They're plush toys. Or tennis balls. Yeah, but... Or tennis balls, yeah. <laughs> no nice. We do have uh, Dr. Randy Schrader's great book, Simple Habits for Marital Happiness. Uh, this is really a terrific book. It's got so many practical things uh, in it that you can employ in your relationship, uh, including details, uh, more details about how to have dialogue in the relationship. We're making that book available for a gift of any amount today to the Ministry of Focus on the Family. Uh, contribute as you can, maybe a monthly pledge or a one-time gift. Either way, uh, donate today. We'll send that book to you, Simple Habits for Marital Happiness. And then we have a lot of new content in our updated marriage assessment. It's free. Over a million people have taken it, and uh, it's just a few minutes of your time. It'll be really beneficial for you and your spouse to do this. The link is in the show notes, and I guarantee you're going to have lots of good communication opportunities after you take the assessment. The details are in the show notes. More from Dr. Randy next time. He'll be talking about the need for good friendships in your relationship. For now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and our entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. Is your marriage holding on by a thread? 
For deep hurt, you need deep healing that only comes from the Lord. And you'll find it at a Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive in Michigan. Our licensed Christian counselors will help you and your spouse get to the root of your issues in just three to five days. And it works. 80% of the couples are still married two years after attending. Learn more at HopeRestored.com and talk with a trusted advisor. That's HopeRestored.com.